Welcome to our new podcast series, Round Rock Sunday Sermons. My name is Brad Britton, Senior Pastor at First United Methodist Church of Round Rock. Uh, we are so glad you've connected with us. You can connect in different ways through social media, through our live streams on Facebook or YouTube, our website, fumc-rr.org, use hashtag fumcrr. Also, please leave a five-star review. We are here to walk with you and look forward to seeing you soon, however you join in. In the very near future, we'll be adding community missions to these podcasts, so stay plugged in to find out how you can help. We want you to know that we want to get to know you, to connect with you, and be the church where you can plug in and grow in your faith in Christ. And so thank you. We welcome you, and let's take this journey together. Today is a special day in our church. This is uh, the day that we make commitments totally together as a congregation towards our debt elimination. That is this card right here. It's the single card. The other card, which is a bifold card, is for our uh, annual budget. So every year we do this and think about the pathway to generosity and getting on the path of giving uh, to help the ministries of our church. That is this card. This is the priority for our church. Some of you for last year, for the first time, made a commitment to make that a part of your life and your giving. And so we just ask that everybody keep that momentum going, take a step in prayer. And, and then the debt is over and above. So if you're able to give and would like to help us in eliminating our debt, that is there as well. At the conclusion of our service, you may drop these cards off in uh, the baskets that we have in the back. I'll give instructions again on that after we have our prayer towards the end of the service. But I just wanted to thank so many of you who've been here many, many years to provide this wonderful church and campus. You have done so much, and so many are now jumping on board to help make this happen. So we started at 5.1 million we're in the 3.3 million range now. Almost 3 million has been pledged prior to Commitment Sunday. And it's remarkable what God is doing through you and making this happen. And we think about, yeah. The, the things we'll be able to do in our community even more than the great things we're doing now. So, so thank you. Let's pray. God, help us to hear a word of hope and grace and love and what you say to us and through us. May it make a real difference in our lives and the way that we live, the way that we treat others, and the way that we use what you have given us to further your kingdom. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, the story you heard earlier was a story that Jesus told. It was in, in Luke's gospel. Uh, he told another story in Matthew's gospel, the parable of the tenants, which is or talents, which is very similar to the one uh, we just heard read. Jesus said that there was a nobleman who was going to travel to become king and was going to come back and check on his servants after he had left them with a certain amount of money uh, to do business with. And so that's the, the basics of the story. This story is partly rooted in history because Herod the Great had some sons, and when he passed away, these sons were given the opportunity to rule over certain territories. Archelaus was one of those sons. 
Nobody liked him. Nobody wanted him to be king. In fact, they sent a delegation of people to oppose him becoming king. And it's quite likely that that's what Jesus had in mind when he told this story. So everyone there would immediately think of the situation with Herod the Great and his sons. And that's the framework for the story. So he goes off to become king and he gives 10 pounds to the servants and each one gets a pound to work with, which was about three, four months wages. So a good amount of money to work with. And he says, I'm going away and when I come back, we'll see how you've done. And well, the first one took the one and made 10. Not bad, right? I'll take that any day. Uh, The second one took the one and made five, and the third, what did the third do? Nothing. Nothing. Just wrapped it in a towel. At least he wrapped it in a towel, I guess, maybe. Wrapped it in a towel, and the reason he did that was because he feared this king. He was afraid if he lost it, oh, no, he's going to come back. He's a harsh man, so I'm just not going to lose it. And so he didn't. He just just kept it. Well, the king comes back, and with the first one, he's very pleased. He said, hey, awesome job. You get 10 cities now to rule over. A second one, you get five. Third one, it did not go well at all. It was bad, really bad. He's like, you got to be kidding me. You did nothing. You could at least put it in the bank. I I know rates are low. Of course, they are climbing, savings rates, but I don't know what inflation was like back then. But you could have done something. And you think about this story, and it's like, is that really how God would react to us? Sometimes we read these parables and we assume that, well, Jesus told the parable, so naturally God is the king. Well, that's, that's not the case. Sometimes he'd tell these stories and it is just that, a story about what's happening locally. So yeah, that's what a king would do, but that's not what God would do. And maybe that's why Jesus told the story in this way to say, the king responded that way to the one who did nothing, but... That's not the case with me. Now, that's not to say that God doesn't expect anything of us. I think, I think Jesus did tell this parable to show us that we are given gifts and talents, and God expects us to use those to, to further the kingdom and especially the message of, of God's grace. That, that is clear. But I think it, it changes there at the end of the story. So what's your, what's your view of God? Do you view God as this harsh harsh being in the sky that's looking at everything you do, and the first second you mess up, man, you're in trouble, and life's not going well, so I think I'll just go to church today and try to get a check mark off, right? God, I hope not. That's horrible theology. And and to think that we can work our way into God loving us, that's, that's counter to the whole message of God's grace in Christ. We've been talking the past few weeks about how we understand God's grace working in our lives, how, how we all believe that, that we all belong to God because God created us in God's image. And because we belong to God and are responding and believing in response to His grace and forgiveness in Christ, then we are becoming. 
I love that song Brian sang, uh, Becoming What You Are Making Me. That is really what, what it's about, isn't it? But it's all in response to what God has done and is doing. You know, I think of uh, Jesus' response. Uh, what's it going to be like when we encounter him face to face? I don't know about you, but I think of this story. Some days I'm a 10. I took the one, whatever that is, and I got a 10. Other days I'm a five. Not the best, not the worst, you know, just so-so. Other days I'm not just a one. I'm like a negative 10. You ever have a negative 10 day? Like just crawling to the finish line at the end of the day. God, not only did I not share what you wanted me to share, and you think, well, at least there's tomorrow. Maybe I can get back to a one, maybe. That, that had to have been like what Peter was thinking. You remember Peter? Jesus was being taken away to be crucified. Peter's in the courtyard. He denied knowing Jesus three times. Jesus was crucified, then he, then he was resurrected. And you remember he appeared to the disciples on the, the, the shore of the Sea of Galilee. They weren't expecting him, obviously. Dead people don't rise again, do they? Certainly not. He's there cooking breakfast. He calls out to the disciples. They recognize him, and Peter, of all people, comes running to Jesus. You had to think in the back of Peter's mind, uh-oh. I remember when he told that story, that parable about the king who left things to his servants. I hope, I hope he didn't mean that he was the king because I'm in big trouble, right? And what does he receive instead? Jesus welcomes him. He feeds him. He says, Simon, do you love me? Three times he asked him, and three times he said, yes, I do. And that was Jesus' way of saying, all is forgiven. I love you on a 10-day. I love you on a 5-day. I love you on the day that you didn't do anything. I even love you on the negative days. But I don't expect you to have a goal of being a negative or a 1 either. So, Peter, you, me, God does expect things of us, but it's in response to his gift of grace. It's total response. It's not, hey, do these things so I love you. I already love you. I already made my decision for you. And it's a yes, all of you. That, that is the gospel. You are accepted. Accept that and live out of that. There's a man named Dan Bryan who uh, in 2020 went to his son's baseball game. His son's name was Ethan, lived in Missouri. And after the game, he did like a lot of parents. You, you talk to your son or daughter after the game, and depending on how the game goes, that conversation's interesting, isn't it? So if it's a horrible game, you do what I've said before, which is, well, see at the house. If it's a so-so game, hey, good game, you know. If it's a great game, hey, what a game. And Well, Ethan had a great game, and Dan drove home, and then an hour later, he gets the call that his son Ethan was killed in a car accident right after the game. 
16 years old. Well, the grief and depression, I mean, you can imagine, and those of you who've lost children know more than anyone. But he made a promise to the team that he would come back and watch some of their games. And so he, he came back after a period of grieving and still working through it and shows up at the game. And one of the other parents brings him a book that he had been reading, and it was entitled A Year of Playing Catch. And listen to this. The author's name was Ethan Bryan, the same name of his son. And the premise of the book was what this author experienced. He decided for an entire year to play catch every day with someone different and to make a connection. And in the book, he wrote about what he learned about life just playing catch. So Dan, the father of Ethan, decided, I think I'll do that. That sounds like it's something I could do. It could get me at least moving in some direction. And so each day he played catch with someone different for a whole year. And it was all different people, some of which had lost children themselves, and through playing catch, they helped each other heal. Well, the St. Louis Cardinals called, and they said that Albert Pujols, anybody ever heard of Albert Pujols? He's going to be a Hall of Famer baseball player, heard about this story, and he said, could I have a day to play catch with Dan? And so they went back and forth on trying to find the day, and the Cardinals said, the only day that will work is June 24th. Can you make that happen? Of course, Dan said, of course. You know, I get to show up in, in a major league ballpark, play catch with a future Hall of Famer, shows up and he plays catch, and guess what? Of all the days, June 24th, that was the birthday of his son, Ethan. And Dan said it was through me serving and just doing something as simple as playing catch that helped me to heal. And in turn, I saw that God took me doing something as simple as playing catch to help heal others. You know, we receive communion here later in our service, and Communion is God's gift to us. It's God's grace given freely. It's God's yes, and we receive it in grace, and then after we receive, we think about how we can respond with our lives to, to what God has given us, which is life and grace and forgiveness and salvation, pretty much everything, but it's all response. You know, we were going through the dead elimination process as a part of it. You're supposed to have some kind of theme just to, to gather people. And I, I'm not a big slogan guy. I don't know. Maybe you are. I'm not motivated usually by, by slogans. I, I like to be motivated for whatever it is we're doing because it's worth doing, not because it might look good on a poster, right? So I was kind of frustrated this particular day, like, now i got to come up with a slogan? Really? what's the slogan going to be and, you know, and going through all this. And so I was talking to Richard, who's helped us with the process for this. I said, I don't know what the slogan needs to be. I just know it's time to do it. We need to stop messing around here and do it. It's time. So he said, that's it. That's your, that's it. It's time. And so I was like, okay. 
Sounds good, yeah. 30 minutes later, Kathy, right over here, sitting over here to my right, Kathy was visiting with a member of our church who was moving, who was dropping off some things from the church's past, and she brought this photograph to me in the office. They wanted me to have this. And do you know what this photograph has on it? It is a picture of a bulldozer building the sanctuary, and there's a banner that says it's time. I had no idea. And I'm looking at people now who have been here and were there with that. They already knew where this was headed. When I said it's time, they're like, what? And do you know there's a little acorn on the banner? A few weeks ago, we talked about how God takes our lives, our acorns, and does wonderful things with them. And God has an amazing sense of humor. He takes a guy that 30 minutes earlier said, I hate slogans, and does that. That is just like something he would do. So as we prepare to receive communion, I, I want you to hear that you belong and that it's in belonging and accepting that we are accepted by God and God's grace that we can believe in a gracious God that, that does expect things from us for sure, but there's always forgiveness, there's always grace, and that each day we can become more and more of what God is making us. And that's what this table is about. We come and in an act of holding our hands out like this, it's something we don't take, it's something we receive, and it's given to us by someone else who has done the exact same thing. And that's what we remember today as we give our response to God. Let's pray. God, some days we feel like we're a 10, others a 5. They're the one days even the negative ones, but we still come to your table knowing that you are begging us to come, calling us, pursuing us, to remind us that you love us and that there is forgiveness in grace. And so help us as we bring whatever it is you've given us in our lives to this table so that we can become more and more of the people you created us to be. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to this week's sermon series podcast from First United Methodist Church of Round Rock, Texas. For more information, you can find us online at fumc-rr.org or find us on social media at fumcrr.org.